Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. And we're going to have an interesting episode for you today. We've got Tim Burt on uh, on the line here with us today. We're going to be talking about marketing. Tim is a, a fellow radio broadcasting uh, what would you call that tim it's like you've survived the radio industry just like i did you survived it for a lot longer but um tim's on here tim why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do yeah survivor is probably a, a good term yeah uh as opposed to alumni yeah. Or, or alumnus. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Tim Burt, and I do have more than 30,000 commercials to my name around the world. And I spent 25 years in radio. And oh, by the way, those 30,000 commercials have generated well over $500 million in global sales. And um, I, yeah, I spent 25 years in radio. The last 16 of those were with CBS in St. Louis. I've uh, done stuff in I, literally all over the world New York, LA. Chicago, Dallas, um, uh, South Africa, Belize, Antigua, um, Pakistan. I was in Pakistan earlier this year. Um, so I, I've um, w- one thing that my radio training. Uh, and b- by the way, I was responsible for all the commercials on uh, two very large FM radio stations and our sister AM station. I was responsible for some of those commercials, but did things for the Cardinals and Blues radio network and. <clears throat> trust me a lot a lot a lot of stuff but um when you when you're in that position and being responsible for all the commercials salespeople would come into my my studio and they would say hey i've got a i need a commercial for you know this uh uh home builder and you know 20 minutes later it's okay i got this um i got, I got this ice cream shop that needs a commercial and i've got a tire shop that needs a commercial. So I had to really hone my skills and, um, be able to turn on a dime to really market anything. And that's one of my websites is marketanything.co. So that's kind of where that came from because I really can help you market anything because I've had to do it. There's very little you can throw at me that I haven't done. Although I will say I haven't had a whole lot of requests for government contracts, but there's a lot of similarities I would imagine in, um, people that are trying to get a government contract and trying to sell to a consumer on a B2C level. Um, there's probably a lot of similarities. So that's what, you know, I kind of mapped out and what, that's what we're going to talk about today, but that's me in a nutshell. But, um, I have three, um, written three books, international award-winning author, 
now I coach, consult, and speak all over the world and uh, talk to B2B uh, expos, business organizations, media outlets. Um, and I talk about marketing and messaging because, as I say, in marketing, it's not about the amount you spend. It is about the message you send. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of times we get into government contracting discussions and people are talking about, well, how do you do this to the government or whatever? And I'm like, well, what we're going to talk about is stuff that you can use regardless of who you're selling it to, because the fundamentals are the same. Yes, they, they really are. The fundamentals are the same. And if you don't know how to communicate, you don't know how to communicate. It doesn't matter who you're not communicating with. You don't know how to communicate. So. Th that really is a challenge for most people. It's so funny when uh, I look at the stats in our federal access program, that's our online resources for government contractors. I go through and I look at those every now and then at what's the most downloaded content. And we have like the government sales manuals in there. And there's all these real, I mean like really cool documents in there. And one of the biggest downloads or the most popular download is a capability statement, which is just how you communicate to a contracting officer what you sell. <laughs> like that is the number one. The second most downloaded thing is the 45 second sales pitch because people are always huh. trying to figure out like how to communicate. And then a lot of times people will send it to me like, hey, I've tried to to do this. What do you think? And I'm like, I think you don't know how to communicate. And I'm, I'm not trying to be to rude or anything, but it's one of those things of like the fundamentals of how to communicate are to a degree more important, in my opinion, than what you sell, because everybody sells something because people always look at like McDonald's. I'm like, McDonald's communicates very well, very simple. They're crushing it in the industry. They know who their target market is. They know how to market to their target market. And it's all about their messaging. Really, really simple. You know, from the time you're, you're a child, you know, of, of how they indoctrinate you in. And it's just the challenge that I see so often for people of this this communication issue, which just transcends whether you're selling to government or whoever. So I think for people listening to this podcast, I think this is one where a lot of times we, we zero in on just government stuff where this one, it's going to apply all across your business. But I think it's really going to help you in the commercial side as well, because a lot of people have. A, a, a two sides of their business. They're selling to the government, but they're also trying to build up that commercial side or they even have a big commercial side and they're just breaking into the government. Wherever you sit and you're listening to this, it's really going to help you with your messaging. You know, that that to me is going to be the the big takeaway. You know, we, we had titled this, you know, like marketing secrets you can use to get that government contract. Well, it's not just for that. So, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, Tim, but I, I think it's kind of an, an all across the board. It's going to help you with your messaging a lot. Oh, absolutely. You know, if anybody's anybody who's listening to this right now, you have a business. Um, the things that I'm going to talk about today on this podcast, you can use not only to get that government contract, but to help strengthen your business. You know, you talk about McDonald's and it's funny in one of my in my seminars. Um, this is always gets a big laugh. You know, you, ha you have to put things in your presentation to get la to get laughs. And I, one of the things I talk about McDonald's, I say, McDonald's has 92 items on their menu, but they are known primarily for three things, burgers, fries, and their shake machine is always broken. Mm -hmm. Now, can McDonald's possibly list everything on their uh, menus in their commercials? Of course not. They can't. It, why would they? It makes no sense. They're known for burgers and fries. That's pretty much all they push. 
yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the really, big, that's the big stuff. Yeah, you don't see a, a McDonald's commercial really talking about anything other than burgers and fries. Yeah, and I mean, it, re- yeah, I really. mean, that's the basics. Yeah, and you know, when my daughter was little, one of her first three words was fries, mm. and it was it was funny because my dad was with us and we were driving, and she could see the arches, and she would go fries, fries. Huh. That's that's all she she didn't know. She I mean she was little. But, you know, fries, fries, you know, she knew that when she saw those arches. So, I mean, they communicated at that level, you know, exactly what you're talking about. We actually had a guy here. We knew the guy who fixed the ice cream shake machine. And so if we drove by McDonald's and saw his car in the parking lot, we just kept going. Because you ain't going to get any ice cream today. You ain't getting ice cream today because, you know, Keith's working on the machine and it is broken. And if Keith's working on it, it's probably going to be broken longer than if they just let it run. Oh, of course. It it was awesome. So so why don't don't we just dive into this? What do you think are the differences between selling to a consumer and a government agency? Uh, There are very, very few differences. Uh, I would say if you were to do a Venn diagram of selling to the government and selling to a consumer, uh, it's probably a 98% overlap. Hmm. The only real extreme difference is, is probably going to be the language that you're going to use. If you're trying to sell a government contract, you're going to use a lot of, um, probably industry technical jargon terms, acronyms, and that's okay. And that's to be expected. And, and honestly, I think if I were from the government, those are the things that I want to hear. Right. Which is which is exactly the same thing when you're trying to sell to somebody else. What's in it for me? Hmm. That's that's all I care about. I don't care that you're family owned. I don't care that you have free parking in the back. I don't care about your friendly and knowledgeable staff. I don't care that you have everything for all my blank needs. I don't care. I don't care. And the government doesn't care either. What are you going to do for me? Yeah, I always looked at that one as when I see like friendly staff or clean restrooms or whatever. I'm like, if that's your differentiator, like we got problems, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like let's start there. We got problems. But it's like to me, those are basics. Now, here's the flip side of that. We were talking about the iPhone and different things right before this podcast and one of the things I've seen with the rise of the iPhone and a few other things, it, it seems to be right in line with organizations that deal with the public on a, on a high level. Cause there's a lot of businesses that they don't deal with the public a lot. You know, they do their thing, they have their customers, but they don't necessarily see their customers a lot. But anybody who deals with customers on a regular basis, customer service has gone down so bad. Like it's so in the toilet these days. And you see things and I'll see like fast, friendly service. And I'm like, huh, really? It, yeah. It, it has almost become a differentiator when it shouldn't be. It should be the standard. And yeah, are, you know what I mean? Like those yeah, are all standards. Yeah, you're right. Um, it, it has become, well, the true story. This is true. <laughs> you talk about customer service. Um, when I was uh, earlier this year, I was on one of my world tours and I had to, um, I was in London and God, what was the situation? Anyway, I had to get a hold of British Airways <clears throat> and sitting in Heathrow and trying to get a hold of British Airways. Uh, and I, oh, I was sitting, no, I was on the plane at Heathrow, is what it was. And 
I can't remember exactly what, what I had to talk to them about, but here's what I do remember. When I went to the British Airways website, it was, you know, they, had the, they have the contact us mm-hmm. link and it said, you can get a hold of us via Twitter. And I went f- in my head, I went full stop. Yeah. First off, not everybody uses Twitter. Secondly, even if you have a Twitter account, doesn't mean you use it. Right. Thirdly, or know how. yeah. Or thirdly, um, let me get this straight. You're asking me to use a social media platform as your uh, customer service, uh, you know, contact. Mm-hmm. And for a corporation like British Airways, <laughs> like, are you serious? That that was that to me was one of the most staggering things uh, that that I, I'd seen in the last ten years. And and I actually got into eh, it's not an argument, but it was one of these. Uh, you know, I, I sent sent them a message and said, "You expect me? I, I have to get a hold of you to talk talk to you about a ticket or whatever it was via Twitter." And I said, "Not everybody uses Twitter." And then they, the response I got back, and I know this is, and you're going to say, "Okay, boomer," but it's for, uh, technically I'm not a boomer. But anyway, <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the response was. Twitter is a wonderful tool and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Twitter is a piece of crap. I mean, I hate, yeah. I hate, loathe Twitter. I hate it because it has made journalists lazy. Um, and, and by that, I mean, I want you to, I want you, here's, here's a little exercise that you can do. There's no points. I'm not grading any papers here, but I want you, I just, just think about this. When you watch local news or sports show, uh, you know, like a um, ESPN or Fox sports or whatever, um, when they, they do a, an interview or, or the, the anchor, you know, comes out, you know, they introduce they have the little, the lower third at the bottom that comes up with their name. Look how many times you'll see a Twitter handle. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's shocking. YouTube. Yeah. It's shocking. And it has made journalists, journalists lazy because now, um, you know, let's take the, uh, gosh, Colin Copper, Colin Kaepernick thing, or the LeBron James thing with the China thing. Mm-hmm. That, that to me was a fascinating story. Um, how many times the journalists said that you'd see on, on, uh, they do a report and it'd say, we went to Twitter for instant reaction. It's made them lazy because they don't have to call anybody. Now they can just go and see what, what somebody said, whether, whether it's right or wrong, or they made themselves look like a fool is irrelevant. It's just giving them instant access to these, you know, people that they would normally have to, I got to call you or I got to send you an email or, you know, whatever, or try and get a hold of your agent. Now it's just, you know, this, this is the instant communication society. Again, I go back to the iPhone and saying it changed everything, everything. And it changed your marketing. It changed our communication. It changed how we, I mean, how we shop, how we do everything. Right. And but so the reliance of on on something like Twitter for customer service, huge mistake yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I've dealt with uh, AT&T in that way and I'll just, I'll be open about that. You know, one of the things we did was I had an issue with like, why is your veteran discount less than if somebody works at FedEx or uh, pick another company that has a corporate discount? Why, why is your veteran discount lower? And I asked that question and I, and I was going back and forth and there was something about upgrading our phones we had issues with. So I got off the phone and I was super upset about it. And of course you're on the phone with somebody and like, 
they a lot of times they put up this wall and it doesn't matter what you say they're like nope not transferring you to a manager not helping you oh i could transfer you to my manager but he's gonna say the same thing and deal whatever but the moment i went on twitter and i posted a comment and tagged at&t and somebody responded and tried to fix it yeah and yet they didn't care about it when i was talking to them over the phone and so you know part of what we're talking about here is just how a lot of this has changed. Now I do see like there's the differences, you know, with, with government and commercial where a lot of people are looking at the social media and different aspects of that, whether it's positive or negative reviews. <laughs> we were talking yesterday about somebody and a friend of mine was like, his poor book has one review and it's bad. <laughs> you know, nobody's yeah. going to buy the book cause it's got one review and it's bad. You know, it's like you, you need some positive reviews in there, but they do affect consumers on some level and but i think government people look at that stuff too they're they're kind of looking through those things as well um but i think like you were talking about with just making people lazy i think the social media aspect has made us lazy when it comes to marketing of what'll get clicks or what'll get this or what oh yeah and so they move again moving away from real differentiators and moving into more of the things that are, again, I called it the standard earlier, things that it should be a standard that you have fast customer service. I mean, I, so I, I would go to the doctor about a month ago and I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I think I have the sleep apnea thing. I've been diagnosed before and I want to get in, have an appointment. They're like, so this, it's a serious thing. Sleep apnea is not one of those things you laugh at. Like it can, it can literally kill you. Sure. And, um, you know, not to, to bring us down here, but so I, I booked the, the, or I tell my doctor to book an appointment. I was like, somebody will call you today. You know, sure enough, somebody called me today and they're like, Oh, we can get you down for Tuesday in January. So like, it was like two months down the road Yeah. just to see you, to see if they want to pursue a test, you know? And I'm like, yeah. if I operated my business the way doctors and hospitals operate their business, there's yeah. no way I'd be in business. Right. You know, and, and, and doing that with, with the government, you can't do that with the government. You can't operate your business like that. Cause you know, there's performance reviews and different things like that. Sure. I, know, I know we're sort of way off topic, but it, we're, we're talking a lot about the marketing aspect of things and how you run your business and let's bring it full circle. Let's, let's, let's come back. So we're, we're, we're kind of almost answering this without even asking the question, what are the simple mistakes most businesses make in their marketing and, and can, how do we fix them? Yeah. Well, before I answer that, let me, let me say that I do have some experience with government, um, government dealings because I did spend seven and a half years in the air force. So I do, um, you know, acquisitions and, you know, what was that hard to acquire items? I yeah, was kind yeah. of a master at that. Your question of what are the simple mistakes that, Uh, most businesses make in their marketing and how do you fix them if you're a small business you cannot follow the big boys and what do i mean by that you cannot look at the boeings the mcdonald's the coca-colas go down the list any of these multinational global corporations look at their marketing and think that that's the way to do it because Mm -hmm. odds are it's wrong because most of those, most of the um, marketing of those national corporations is terrible. And I'm not afraid to say this. And I'm, you know, most, <laughs> as in a quick aside, most, not all, but most ad agencies, in my opinion, are completely worthless because they exist for three reasons one, to win awards, 
Two, mm-hmm. show you how creative they are. And number three, to take number one and number two to get as many clients as they can to win more awards and show you how creative they are. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely sales, right. Sales be damned. Yeah. They don't. If if ad agencies had to operate uh, based off of success, off of sales, uh, most of them will go out of business. Yeah. So some simple simple mistakes. Number one, don't follow the big guys. Um, McDonald's, you know, I go back to McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Apple, uh, Microsoft, they can afford to be kind of goofy in their ads. Look yeah. at these cell phone carriers. Here's a great example. Progressive insurance. Geico, for instance. Oh, probably a lot, a lot of your listeners probably have Geico. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, government employee insurance company. Yeah. Um, a lot of them probably have Geico. Geico can afford to be stupid and irreverent in their commercials because they are so big. That does not mean that you should do the same thing. If your, if your marketing does not generate you any money, what are you doing? It is not marketing is not a vehicle to show people how cute or clever or creative you are. You don't do what's cute. Do what sells. Hmm. Okay. That's the way I always look at any client or prospective client that I deal with. First off, I look at it as if it were my money, what would I do to bring in the most money for you right now, or at least put you on the path to start generating more money. So number one, simple mistakes. Don't follow the big boys. Number two, focus on the one thing that you are like your highest seller. Hmm. What is your biggest seller? That's the thing you should be promoting. Again, I go back to McDonald's burgers and fries. Yeah. Yeah. Their profit margin is in their drinks. We know that. However, their biggest sellers are burgers and fries. So why do you highlight in your marketing, your biggest seller? It's simple. It's the one thing that people have shown that they're willing to spend money on. So why shift away from that? That's just dumb. If you, (laughs) yeah, but we've got this new thing and it's really cool. I don't care. People don't care. Your biggest seller is your gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to get them, you know, into the, give them the keys to the kingdom, get them in through your biggest seller and then let them see all the other stuff that you have. Right. That's where your website comes in. That's where your brochures come in. Focus on your biggest seller and promote that until, uh, until, until you don't have to anymore. Right. <laughs> okay? Until you can be. You know, goofy and irreverent, you know? Yeah. And even then, you know, even then I, I still have some reservations on what Geico does and, and progressive does, um, just because they buy a lot of ads. I mean, the, the yeah. reach and frequency, the progressive and Geico and Apple and Coca-Cola, they, those guys have is off the charts, but it doesn't give you like, yeah, you can do whatever you want well, you can't do whatever you want, but you have to focus and, and, and pound here. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to play a little pop quiz for you real quick. All right. Bring it. I'm going to name for you a business and you tell me what their slogan is. Oh man. I'm not good at this, but. Oh go, no, you, go, you, you, go you'll it. get these. You'll get these. All right. If I said KFC, Kentucky fried chicken, what's their slogan? Gosh, I'll tell you, I'm not good at this. I think there's their, isn't that the 32 finger? Oh, finger looking good. There you go. Okay. What about Nike? Just do it, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. How did you know those? Man, I've known those for years. They're just there. They're in everything. It's that's the Nike one is in their, uh, 
it's in a lot of their ads. It's like the final thing you see, right? It's it is. But here's the key: consistent, constant, relentless repetition. Yeah. You don't get to that point of permeating the conscience of the public by just throwing your message out there once and assuming that everybody's going to see it or everybody's right. going to hear it because they're right. not. Here's some, here's a lesson for anybody listening to this right now. Just understand this. Anytime you put out a piece of marketing, I don't care if it's a business card, your logo on a coffee cup or a $250,000 roadside sign. I don't care. what. All of those things are commercials. Okay. Mm, right. Somebody is seeing or hearing or reading that thing from you for the first time every time you put it out. Right. I don't care if it's a tweet or a post on social. I don't care where a video. It doesn't matter. Somebody is seeing or hearing you for the first time. Right. Every time. This is why having a your marketing message, this is what I pound in my, my seminars and my coaching clients. You get that right and it can sell for you 24-7. Because you don't have to change it. It's not ready, aim. It's not ready, fire, aim. This literally is ready, aim, fire. You get that right and then you deploy it out because then if it doesn't sell or if it doesn't work, okay, then you can think about, you know, after you've exhausted all opportunities and given a lot of time, then you can think about changing it. Um, So don't think that you have to change your, your marketing or something every single year. Well, it's a new year. I got to do new marketing. Why? I got, there were clients at CBS that ran the same spot literally my entire 16 years there Mm. because they understood constant, consistent, relentless repetition. And you, and you'd say, well, isn't, aren't people going to get bored with it? No. The only person that's ever going to get bored of your commercial is you. That's right. That's it. Don't worry about it. That's how Geico and McDonald's and Apple, that's how they, that's how they get to that point where they're just, it's like you just know it because you, you've pounded it into people's heads so long for so many times that it's just, like you said, it's just been, a, you know, it, it, you've heard it forever. That's, so th- that's, that's another thing that you can do. Now, how can, how can you fix some of these mistakes? Well, I just told you about the messaging. Um, again, I, I go back to just kind of, uh, recap this. Don't follow the big boys. You can't, you don't, don't, <laughs> you yeah. can't, yeah. You know, every, every commercial is a planet unto itself. It's gotta be different. It's gotta be unique. And really what we're talking about is how are, how are you, you've got, depending on the platform, radio, TV, social, digital video, whatever you've got anywhere between really two seconds and maybe 30 to get somebody f- to go from, I don't care to tell me more right. or, Oh my God, I got to have that. Right. That's really cool. You know, um, you know, let's a couple, what was it last week? The debut of the cyber truck. Oh gosh, that was funny. It was phenomenal. And, you know, people yeah. are roasting it on social media going, it looks like uh, a Pontiac Aztec and a DeLorean had a kid. Right. I don't care. Elon Musk understood that he, if he was going to make a true splash in this market, he had to do something that people would deem as crazy. Right. And yet, well, tell me how crazy this is. 
He took 200,000 orders, pre-orders, for this, for this vehicle, which you can't even get for another two years. He took 200,000 pre-orders at 100 bucks a pop. What's that work out to? 20 million bucks. 20 million bucks he raised for something you can't even buy for two years. And what do you think is going to fund to make these, these trucks? Yeah, there you go. That's going to fund it. Yeah. He, he understood you had to do something different. That's why I say you can't follow the big boys. Now, if, if let's say, um, let's say Chevy comes out with their pickup truck and it looks just like the cyber truck. What's everybody going to think? Well, it yeah. looks like cyber truck. Well, who yeah. wins cyber truck, not Chevy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hands down. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. It, it's so wild. You know, when, and when you look at that I, and several things there about, about what you're saying, you know, when I think about ads and marketing pieces, you know, I also think about it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to work. Mm -hmm. Th that's one of my biggest things is people get so wrapped up in how pretty it is and, and they lose the functionality piece or they get, I see this in email all the time where people are so focused on email marketing and graphics and all this stuff. And we don't use any of that stuff. We're like, we're almost solely text-based if it's marketing. If it's a member-related content, there may be an image in it. But people are like, oh, well, what's wrong with you guys? Why aren't you using images in your marketing? Because like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work yeah. on email near as well because people see that there's an image in there from somebody they don't necessarily know and they know it's an ad and they immediately tune out. Whereas when I send them an email and they don't have to click download images – or especially if that's where most of your content is. Yeah. You know, if, if, if the majority of your message is in your image, I mean, you can use images, they do work, but if the majority of your message is in that image and they don't click download, you're done. Yeah. It's over. It's well, over. That's, that's why it's so important to understand your target market and, and who they are and what, and then you can figure out once you identify that, that group of people, you know, moms age 45 to 50. Okay, fine. Yeah. Now you can figure out a way to talk to them that's resonant, it's impactful, and it's literally going to make them go from I don't care to tell me more. Um, you know, when you talk about the image, um, just a very quick story out of a colleague of mine in Kansas City. She had one social media post get 30 million views without uh, ever spending a penny on it. And it was because it was because it was an image. Now, she used some of my tactics, and I'm not taking all the credit here. This was mostly her, but... Um, she, it was a picture, uh, and this image was so striking and it was a, it was actually a Thanksgiving thing. And it was kind of like a, like a keto thing, but it, it was basically, it looked like a, it was a cross section. It looked like a Turkey, like a Thanksgiving Turkey. But imagine if you sliced it, uh, so you could see on the inside of the Turkey mm -hmm. and it was actually cauliflower. Mm. And that thing got, ju it just blew up. So yes, so yes, images can work, yeah. but it's got it's got to be the right image, and it, you know it goes back to knowing your target audience and knowing how to speak to them in a way that's going to resonate with them, that's going to make them take action. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I like what you said about how you know there's always somebody seeing your ad for the first time, and you know we are the only ones that get tired of our ads. And yeah. I, I I'm always telling our clients that you know there's somebody that's never heard this before. And yeah. I, I can't think of who wrote it in like the 1800s, the guy that wrote like the, the 25 steps to marketing. You've probably seen this out there where it's like, you know, by even step 12, they sort of maybe think they've heard of you before. 
you know? And oh, yeah. Like, it's like yeah. by step 25, oh, now I know who they are and what they do. Yeah. Even though you've said the same thing over and over and over again. And the and the problem for a lot of people, like you said, is they don't get any traction, so they change their message. And they don't get traction, so they change their message. Or they get a trickle and they change their message. And so they're five years in. They have no message. They have no following. And, and people who've seen them for the 16th time don't know what they do because they're confused. Well, and this is a this is a byproduct of the instant you know instant gratification society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've we've got a um, if I if I don't get fifteen likes on this in the first twenty seconds, well, it's a failure. Right. That's not entirely true. Well, here here's a gr- great example. Are you familiar with this screaming lady and the cat meme that's going yeah, around? Yeah. Oh. It- oh. If you're not, you're probably not on social media, right? That's probably true. But that image of that lady, that show was from 2011. Yeah. And it took, it took eight years for that thing to take off. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You've just got to be patient. And, you know, if you own a business, you know, plan your work and work your plan. Okay. Well, you got to let the plan do its thing. You've got to, you've got to give it time here. This is, we're, we're so conditioned now with social and digital to just, Oh, it's gotta, I've got to have an immediate, it's gotta be like right now. Right. No, right. it doesn't. Yeah. It's like you put out a, a marketing campaign and you're like, okay, let me, I've, I've hit send. Where are the orders? Yeah. Let it breathe, man. Okay. Let it. Oh, that's, that's, um, yeah. I talk about that in, in book writing, uh, yeah. stuff and people yeah, go, it, people, people think, Oh, I'm, well, I was on good morning America and book sales are going to start just, they're just going to take off. No, they're not. Yeah. No. It doesn't work that way. It's it's everything, every every piece of marketing that you do is you have to think of that as a a piece of the puzzle towards a cumulative goal here. And it's not all going to come together overnight. Right. It right. just doesn't work that way. Right. You know, we've been in business a really long time, and we've been successful. Is how I, that's probably the easiest way to put it. We've got you know best selling books and different things like that, and we've actually had. There's this one client that we have. They've been a client now for almost six years and of of like our online tools and they listen to our podcasts and stuff. And Josh was recently at a conference and I don't know if they're probably listening to this podcast and he starts talking with them and she's like, you do what? No, you you guys do consulting work. You Mm. work with, you work with companies like me. We've been looking for a company like you guys to work with. This is why it's so important to get your marketing message right. You know, like the finger looking good, just do it. If you say, um, you know, ABC, whatever company, Acme Incorporated, consulting blank and blank, you know, you know what I mean? That's why it's so important to get that right. And that's one of the things that businesses get wrong. And if they, even if they have a slogan or a marketing message, that's really the foundation of your house Mm -hmm. because everything kind of plays off of that. But when you get that wrong, or if you don't even have one, I'm telling you, you're going to spend a lot more time and a lot more money and experience a lot more frustration trying to figure out why your marketing isn't air quotes working. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the mistakes a lot of people make, I know we didn't cover this one was they just give up. They just give up. Yeah. Like, you know, well, like I've called the contracting officer like twice. What do you expect? And I'm like, I expect more because it, <laughs> it, you know, I mean this, this, so I'm talking about a client of ours who spent a significant amount of money with us, but has never really tapped into some of the bigger stuff with us. 
And yet it took sitting down at a, a session. And the funny thing is we'd actually given them a quote for consulting like four years ago. So they knew we did it. They just forgot. Right. Mm. And it's just one of those things. It doesn't matter how good your message is. Somebody's not going to hear it. Like for whatever reason, they're just not going to hear it. They're in a different place. They're yeah. in a different time. Yeah. And, it, and that's, you know, that's a part of the, the part of the repetition that it's going to hit them if you keep communicating it to them and you don't give up. Cause I do see too many times with contracting officers where people will call them and it's just like I said, they, they're like, well, I called them. I gave them my capabilities. They, I told them we do this kind of work. They'll call if they need me. No, they won't. They've yeah. got, you know, 200 people calling them a week saying we do this type of work. And they, well, they're, and, they, and, and, and those they buy people other are, things. Well, those people are busy doing their thing. Yeah. You're not top of mind. You know, you, yeah. the, the, the goal really, one of the goals with your marketing is to make yourself top of mind. That's the ultimate game you're playing here yeah. is, you know, be, be top of mind and move people to action. Right. And, and be relevant with them, you know, on, on what you're doing, not just, you know, that I see too, again, too many of, Hey, here's something else we sell. Here's something yeah. else we sell. Here's something else that you don't necessarily need, but I need you to acknowledge that you might have a need someday in the future. And well, it's like, it's not important to them. It's, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it's, it's akin to, um, if, if, if Coca-Cola put out, um, let's say, <laughs> let's say when you buy a, a thing of Coca-Cola and it says, um, by the way, you know, we also make bottled water. Well, that's cool, but I'm here for a Coke, right? I'm not here for the bottled water. I, you know, you, and that's what, you know, again, that's why it's so important to understand your target market and, and speak to it, them in a way that they're going to resonate with. Yep. Yep. It's just the only way it works, you know, and you talked about the, you know, you, you've got two seconds to, you know, maybe 10 or whatever it is. A lot of people will tell me, well, you know, I've got a 30 minute meeting book so we can go through all that. I'm like, yeah, but they've already decided yeah. in that first two to 10 seconds whether they even want to do business with you. So if you have not caught their attention in that first, they're just being polite. The, the other, you know, 29 and a half minutes mm. that that's all it is. They're just, yeah, being they've, polite. they've checked out. They've checked out. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, it's so funny. People can't just say like, I'll stop people. Like I was calling somebody to today about something and like, Oh, can I have your member ID? And you're like, no, you can't. I have a question. I want to know if you can answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> like most people won't do that because most people are like, oh, yeah, my member ID. Oh, can you just validate, you know, everything about your life all the way back to the third grade? No, I can't. I have a question. And if you can't answer my question, I will not give you any more information. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and that's that's another um, another topic that I've touched on uh, in, the, in, in some seminars and things is um, people's attention spans are really, really, really short. It's, you know, you've heard it's the attention span of a goldfish. And the, the, put it this way, the harder you make it to get to the cash for them, the harder it's going to be for you to sell. Yeah. You've got to get them to the cash as quickly as you possibly can, because guess what? There are 2 billion websites online right now. And if I can't find whatever it is I'm looking on yours quickly and easily, there are a lot of other places I can go. And guess mm -hmm. what? I will. <laughs> within seconds yeah within oh, yeah. seconds yeah. very very quickly even even if i think i want to buy from you if i hit your website and it feels irrelevant 
Yeah. Like, it feels like, man, they're they're really just putting a sales pitch on me. I'm gone. Gone on to the next one. Again, there's so many people, especially in government, these people are being pounded all the time because it's it's a rare industry where the buyers literally have like a for sale sign over their head where it's like, hey, you can go here and talk to this person and solicit them for business. That isn't the way it is in every company. So like you don't know in some other companies like your local I'm just going to pick a company. I, I saw some ad for it this morning. The, lurk, the local serve pro. I don't mm. necessarily know who the person is to sell to. I might be able to look up who the owner is. I might not. But I don't know who the purchasing person is. And it's the same with the government. I can look and see all the way up to the president. I can look at positions and see those people. Those people aren't the ones buying. There's somebody buying. It's called a contracting yeah. officer. <clears throat> and you can go find their con- their contact information everywhere. It's all over the place. So sure. they're getting proposed to, if you will, every single day, all day long. And they just, they don't want to hear it. They, yeah. And, and they yeah. know what they're looking for. So I'm going to go back to a couple of things real quick before I have two more questions for you. But, you know, one of the things I really liked about, and I, I want to make sure people hear this, you know, we're talking about repetition here. I want to make sure they heard you talking about your first tip about not following what the big guys do, because I think people look at bad marketing and that's why there's more bad marketing is because they see bad marketing and they think it's successful. You know, part of my opinion on why they can do such garbage marketing is they're just so big, you know, like Kim Kardashian, I I don't know what skills she has, but she's, she's big, you know, And, and it doesn't matter what she tweets or puts a video out on, People are going to pay attention to it because she has a platform. Yeah. Millions of people are watching this. She has a platform. That's why she can say anything, do anything, take a photo of, you know, a knife and fork on the table. And there's going to be family riots over why that happened because she has a platform. You know, you're probably if you're listening to this, odds are you don't have that platform. So that's why you can't just do what those other people do. You don't have the platform they do. You don't have the audience. And so that's that's one of those things to me that people just don't get. They're like, well, well, I, if I'm just follow Kim Kardashian, or if I just follow, like you said, McDonald's and other, why doesn't it work? Well, they've got 30 million people following them. That's why it works. You, you have to, yeah, you have to do what got them to that position. You know, we go back to McDonald's. Burgers and fries, man. Burgers and, burgers and fries and they you know they, they um actually they didn't i think it's white castle that actually created the assembly line um model if i remember correctly i may be wrong on that but just going off memory here it's early um but mcdonald's they what did ray Kroc do burgers and fries burgers and fries burgers and fries, over and over and over and over and over again and they still do it to this day yeah. that's yeah. How, that's what got them to multi multinational level it's not, oh, hey, check out our new, you know, yeah, they can do, they can afford to run, here's our new chicken sandwich. But at the end of the day, if you look at the overall core theme of everything that they do, it's burgers and fries. Yeah. And that's what you have to do as well. You can't, oh, yeah, we just introduced this new thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't matter. come, I didn't come here for that. I came here yeah. because you, because what's the problem you solve for me? Yep. Yep, that's the whole thing. And people always mistake McDonald's and think, well, it's all about price. It's all about cheap food. I'm like, it's not cheap. Right. It's not cheap. It's all about convenience 
And it's all about, you know, like you were saying, the burgers and fries. Back then, it was actually shakes was a big part of their thing. They yeah. had the shake machine. Right. That was a huge thing Ray Kroc loved about uh, the McDonald's concept. Um, you know, but then they really figured out franchising and, and how they purchase land and all that stuff and making it, you know, like you go in McDonald's to learn and there's photos of things. So they made it very easy to teach people, and, yeah. you know, to, how to make a crappy burger. And so there you go. You know, they found a, a really easy way to do it. So we're, we're sort of kind of on the back end here on time, but I want to hit a couple things because I, I think people need to hear uh, some just some insights here. What are some phrases that they can use to help them score a contract, to help them, you know, stand out from the other folks? Yeah, I love this question. Um, phrases that you can use that I use uh, <laughs> when you're talking to people, especially if you're talking to that one buyer, you know, as opposed to a you know group of people. If you're talking to one person, it's it's you you know the exercise. Sell me this pencil. Sell me this pen. Whatever. So it's how how irrelevant it is or how minuscule it is. Some phrases you can use, and these are, I don't know if you've ever studied anything about hypnosis at all, but hypnotic, hypnotic language, there's so much hypnotic language in really successful marketing. It's just insane. And most people don't recognize it because they don't, it, they, it, to them, it just, it, it registers in their subconscious, but not in their conscious. Yeah. Um, so from phrases that you can use, uh, so you can, that's what I want you to write down. So you can, when you're trying to sell that one person, a government contract uh, about for whatever, it is. Hey, I got this new widget thing. What's it do? Well, it does this. So you can blank, right? Show them the outcome in advance. Oh yeah. Cool. I get it now. So you can, it's inc it seems so innocuous, but it's very, very powerful. Hmm. So you can, and that's, that's something that really, if you're going into a pitch meeting, those are some phrases. Uh, these are some phrases that you can use, and that's a really powerful one. Is so you can, and um, this one might not be. This one, man. I think maybe if you were doing a a, a video uh, or a, a pitch um, to a group or something like that, um, the phrase is "and as you," and as you. So and as you. And here's how you would use that phrase. Um, <laughs> so when I think government contracts, I think like weapons and planes and, yeah, good stuff. you know, but there, I know there are people out there selling paint, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. paper, you know, really, really kind of mundane stuff. Um, but what you could do is you could, if you started off a pitch saying, um, you know, if, if you've been, uh, you're, you've been looking for that one uh, you know, fill in the blank. You've been looking for that one blank that can do blank. And as you've looked through countless uh, websites after website, uh, after posting, after listing, looking through, and as you've looked through magazines and as you've looked through uh, brochures, you still just haven't found the right one. Mm -hmm. Well, here at, you know, Timber uh, Weapons uh, Incorporated, uh, we've got the new... Uh, <laughs> Whatever, you know, heat seeking yeah. missile that so you can, you know, blow up a house from kind of combining away the two phrases there. Yeah, yeah, cool. right. See what I mean? So what you're what that phrase actually does is it creates uh, its empathy. Hmm. So what you've done is you've positioned yourself as like I understand your pain. 
I understand you've been looking and looking and looking. And as you've looked through this and as you've looked through that and as you've scoured here and as you've traveled 4,000 miles to go look at this factory and they still didn't have what you were looking for, take a look at this. So that's a very, very powerful phrase. It doesn't, mm. uh, you know, on the surface, it doesn't seem like much. But when you do that, it's all, you know, we talk about the emotions and speaking to people that, in a way that resonates. That's one very powerful way to do it. Yeah. And it's a simple way to get somebody to agree with you and mm-hmm. to be on the right track. You know, like, hey, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Let me, let, that. And I'll, I'll give you one more bonus one. Um, <laughs> actually, I'll give you two. One is um, somebody, somebody or uh, actually here, here it is. I heard someone say or someone once said, OK, that's a variation of those. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say or I read somewhere one time. Or someone once said that that's the overall gist. And now that yeah. puts you that puts you in a completely uh, uh, unattacked uh, position where you cannot be attacked. And here's why: because when you say, "I read somewhere that someone said blank," well, where did you read it? Well, I don't know. I read it somewhere. Well, well, who said it? Well, I don't know. Somebody said it. Well, if somebody said it, it must be true because I'm it's third party. So I heard it and I'm just simply relaying it to you. Hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, and if you're a Marvel fan, go back to Iron Man one. And that is actually the beginning of Tony Stark's sales pitch. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. It's the beginning of his sales pitch. So <laughs> as my dad used to say, yeah, there you go. That's, that's how he opens his sales pitch to the government to sell him the new Jericho missile. That's is, actually, yeah, it's actually a little more pointed because then you say, yeah. well, w- well, let's talk to your dad. But, yeah. but if you, if you replace that with someone or I read somewhere or I heard, so, yeah. you know, um, and well, here's his dad what, was a legend. So that, oh, that he's that, able to use it, you know, he's a weapons true. legend. So it's a little different, but you know, he, he uses that sales in the sales pitch right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And here's, and here's a bonus one. I don't know when blank. Okay, that's the phrase. I don't know when. And then you're going to add but in there. So I don't know when blank, but blank. So for instance, or I don't know, I don't know when you guys are going to start moving to this towards the, you know, um, I I don't know when you, when your company is going to start uh, trying to develop this technology, but we've already got it. Again, on the surface, doesn't seem like much, but it's really, really powerful because it's it puts the onus back on the person you're talking to. So I don't know when you're going to stop messing around with uh, trying to, you know, apply this paint without, you know, without this particular component. But we've already got it. We've already figured this out. See, it makes them think like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, wait, but you've got it? So again, showing outcome in advance. Right. Yeah. You know, no, I, don't, it, I don't know when, blank, but blank. Yeah. It's, it's powerful stuff. You know, the, the whole time we've been talking, a lot of what we've been saying is really, again, I go back to communication. There's always like this theme that seems to, to recur no matter where, where we set out on our journey, right? And it's people have trouble communicating but people also have trouble receiving communication and mm-hmm. what you're talking about are like these fundamentals. You, you, know, you talked about hypnosis and different things and you'll see Tony Robbins and those guys talk about NLP all the time. And 
yeah. how, how to how to communicate with people at this different level. There's just certain words and phrases that when used properly communicate at that fundamental or foundational level with like within a person. Yeah. Well, and, and, it, and it cuts through the BS and it just communicates at a level that you can't with just fluffy garbage. Yeah. As one of my mentors uh, <laughs> told me one time, he said, and, and I, and I've known this and I know, you know this and I know your audience knows this, but it's, it's good to hear sometimes. Um, as one of my mentors told me one time, would you rather your, if you have children, would you rather your children have sexual education or sexual training? Mm. <laughs> one word can make or will change the, the yeah. intent, the tone, everything about how you're, how you're uh, communicating. And one other quick note I want to just throw in here. Be careful when you use the word but, B-U-T. Mm. Here's why. It, it it will do one of two things. It will either erase what you just said or it will enhance what you just said. Most people use it in a way that erases what they just said. For example, if I said, I don't want to be offensive, Michael, but you look kind of stupid. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. No, you just erased the whole offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. like, I don't yep. want to be offensive. Well, you are. Yeah. Here you go. Yep, dialing it up. So yeah. no, that's that's all good. Language is so fascinating when you start to really understand it, and you really start to um, dive into how to use it properly. Yeah, you know, it, it it's so fascinating to me. You know, we could do a whole podcast on just languaging, uh, and maybe maybe you and I'll do that someday. Yeah, maybe yeah, that, that would be in cool. The future. So I don't want to get out of here without giving you the final word. And the final word on something here, we've talked about a lot of great things. But I know a lot of people are curious about this one topic here because we've talked about it a lot. You know, we talked about it with the big boys and just, you know, the reach and the platform, ultimately the visibility that they have and how, you know, they can just get so much out of a simple post like a fork on a table. Right. So yeah. what are some of the maybe sneaky or tricks, whatever you want to call it? Uh, on social media that they can use people that are listening today to kind of raise their visibility. Cause I think a lot of people don't use it very well. So maybe we can give them some tricks here. Yeah. I'll give you a big one. It's real, um, really powerful. And this is more for, uh, Facebook or social media. If you are actually running a paid ad. Okay. Not just, okay. not just, I mean, you can just boost a post, which is okay. But, I'm talking about actually running a Facebook or Instagram ad campaign, YouTube ad campaign. It's, this is primarily for Facebook. And let's say that you have, um, you're trying to get that government contract and you're trying to get to, um, you know, the buyer or, uh, you want to get the, the employees of that company or, or the employees, uh, you know, government employees in that sector. Um, you want to get them excited about this thing or you want you want to kind of go it's like a sneaky way up to the flagpole okay when you actually run a paid facebook campaign you can actually target employees of that mm -hmm. you know that government agency or that business you know and that's something I, again on the surface doesn't sound really sexy or powerful but it really is if you t if you said okay i'm going to spend 50 bucks on facebook and i'm going to run an ad for five days, which is nothing. And I, but I, I, I want to keep showing them this new 
thing that I'm trying to get a contract for. And I want to get people excited about it. You can actually target the people that work in a specific industry or specific business um, to get them excited. So they keep seeing this thing. And then when it comes up, like, oh, wait, where have I seen? I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen this thing a bunch. Yeah. It, would you spend 50 or 100 bucks over a, you know, five five days a week or whatever 200 bucks that's nothing and yet and it's a very it's a very cheap and sneaky way to get people excited about whatever it is you have now of course the post has to be good right <laughs> it can't be right. garbage but again showing the outcome in advance can you does your post or your video your image do you have an image or video that's going to show me what your thing can do yeah, no, that that's powerful. I think their targeting is not only powerful; it's scary with their targeting. Oh you yeah, can, you can upload lists, you can upload emails, phone numbers. Oh yeah, <laughs> you but, know all kinds of different things in there. The targeting is out of this world. It's really cool. But targeting employees of a certain business of a particular business—that's incredible. Yeah, no, that that that's outstanding advice, and it's one of those things where you may spend a thousand dollars for the same ad to carpet bomb a bunch of people and maybe somebody in your market sees it. Yeah. You know, if, if you do it, cause the traditional targeting on Facebook was always about, well, what are some of the groups? You know, if you look at your target market, what are some of the groups they might be in, you know, type thing. So mm -hmm. at, at that point I'm really in a, well, I'm, I'm trying to fish in different ponds and see if there's anything that'll bite. Whereas, you know, this capability allows you to, you know, reduce your budget, like you said, from $1,000 to $50 yeah. and park it, you know, market one single individual or a group of people that you know are your target. You know, it's a very different strategy. So, no, well, stuff, man. the, um, you know, the, the thing is with um, social, the, the, social, you can be laser focused as opposed to a shotgun. Right. You know, that's, that's the beauty of social. Um, so just, I would say if you can target somebody or the people, the employees of a company that you're trying to either do business with or get them excited about something, you know, just targeting those people, man, it, it's, it, you talk about subversive, <laughs> like, yeah. like we're really sneaking in through the back door under the sewer grates yeah. and all that stuff. And that's really a way to do it. Yeah, and and you, you said something very quick there, but something super powerful, you know, I, I think all all social media you can do that with you can do that on all social media it's not just on facebook but it, it's just in the way people approach it and they and they're just often shotgunning social media right like they would everything else when there are opportunities to actually do deeper stuff one-on-one -on -one stuff you know i'm sure you know who gary vanerchuk is you know oh yeah i've been around gary for years i worked with him at tony robbins and oh no kidding like, yeah he was just this kind of this nobody coming up and you're like First time I heard him on stage, I was like, "Hotty mouth, Gary up. Vaynerchuk." I was like, "Hold up, this guy <laughs> is coming from an like totally different market here." Now he's you know he's got all his offices and you know thousand plus employees. He's killing it. And um, you know when I when I heard him talk about all this stuff, you know he was really big on Twitter for so long. But when he was big on Twitter, it was he was staying up till one o'clock in the morning commenting on people's posts and and just being relevant in their life. Mm. Not just posting stuff on Twitter, not just posting, hey, have a great day. It's Monday. Embrace it. You yeah. know, like he didn't start that until he had a platform. He started by getting relevant in people's life one on one. 
And, you know, when people would do business with him and he'd say, oh, you know, like he tells a story about how, you know, this guy goes and buys like a case of this wine because he started with Wine Library TV. Yeah. And he, he, this guy buys like this case of wine and he's like, hmm, let me go see. So, oh, this guy's a Jets fan. So he's a Jets fan. So he goes and buys him a Jets jersey and sends it without saying anything to the guy. And the that guy's friend sees that because the guy obviously posts the jersey and that guy goes and buys like 50 cases of wine or some weird crap you know like oh, yeah. he's got some of it coming on buys it from gary and spends like you know six thousand dollars on wine because he's just he's just being focused on these people and their individual needs and what's going on and uh just being relevant in their life you know but the 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 takeaway from that is you know he was focused one-on-one with people until he had a platform yeah then and he even, expanded it, his platform yeah and even then he, or even now he's still focused one to one it's just yeah, a, it's just a does. much broader uh yeah. broader brush that he uses you know yeah it's just it's just a, it's a great example of somebody who'll tell you you got to do the hard work you got to yep. do the hard work get yep. your messaging right and everything yep. so tim this has been great i well, appreciate you. you coming on today i love all the advice um you know i will we'll have you on again so. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. This was a good time. And maybe next time uh, Josh can join us. Yeah, maybe if he's not traveling all over the place. He's like you were talking about the world traveler there. So, yeah, you know, it's good time. So, you know, I don't want to get out of here without saying this one thing. Too. Tim is actually, um, depending on when you're listening to this, Tim's going to write a chapter in the Game Changers book. So if you want to know more about this topic, you can actually go check out his chapter in the Game Changers book. So. Yep. That'll be good stuff for you, too. So thanks again, Tim. Appreciate you on, and look forward to next time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, if you don't have your copy of the Game Changers for Government Contractors book already, go grab that on Amazon today. Tim Burt is in that. He is chapter 16. He wrote a chapter on branding and marketing. A lot of great concepts there on what works and what doesn't. So go grab your copy today on Amazon. Just search for Game Changers for Government Contractors. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.